Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. On today's episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad, we're doing a Lessons Learned 2023 check-in. So from booking hotels, to flights, to rental cars, talking about lost luggage, lost keys, listen to some of the tips and tricks that we've compiled from our own lessons learned from this year and our travels that will hopefully help you guys make the most of your own travels for the rest of this year. So grab a notepad and a pen and get ready to take some notes and let's dive in. Steph, another episode. Here we are. Here we are again. <gasps> How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I mean, not too much to report since our last episode. I've just been working myself to death. How about you? Yeah, same. I was kind of thinking today where I'm like, oh, I haven't really been away anywhere in a while. And I know every time we say stuff like that, I'm sure there's people listening just like, really? Like, you haven't been away in a while? You went away a couple yeah. months ago. But I feel like I'm due a, I don't know, like a, a long weekend away or something. It's summer in the UK. The problem is in the UK, to travel around Europe in the summertime when school's out. So school's out now. Yeah. It's so much more expensive. So like I almost like to stay put in the UK until like September and well, then you go into shoulder season where things become a little bit more affordable but yeah and not to mention I know so many people in Europe now and it sounds like they're all dying of the heat well I'm gonna knock on wood because we we've been lucky in the UK that we haven't for whatever reason got that heat wave that seems to be affecting I mean not all of Europe obviously usually we get hit with some crazy heat wave by this time of the year and we haven't it's actually been really nice and so that's another reason I was kind of looking like oh maybe I want to go you know for a long weekend to like Sicily or something or Croatia and it's like 37 38 degrees I'm like I'm good Um, (laughs) it just looks so hot I have a friend of mine that's out in Sicily and she was like it's the worst and they don't I think there's this like misconception as well that everybody has air conditioning in these countries and they don't. You're lucky if you have it. So yeah, for those that are experiencing that heat wave right now, I don't envy you. (laughs) Well, maybe you're due for a little staycation somewhere not too far to explore somewhere in the UK. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, it's like expensive to be in the UK though as well right now yeah it's very yeah. expensive everything feels That's like a whole nother podcast in itself with how bloody expensive oh. everything is right now i was saying this like we were again at work the other day we were sort of talking about travel and trips and holidays and it seems like a lot of brits are 
they have less money now to spend on traveling. And I feel it as well. I was saying like, I'm really feeling the sort of pinch and I'm, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not broke by any means. Like I earn pretty decent money, but I feel it more. Like I feel like I'm budgeting a lot more, including traveling. I used to be able to kind of just book a trip, the drop of a hat, be like, I'm going to go here this weekend and just kind of pay for it without thinking too much about it. And now just everything is, it's crazy how expensive everything is right now. So yeah, I might need to, I think I said it in the New Year's resolution, actually stick to a a travel budget. Yeah, which I've been doing, but I have, I just, I feel like my travel budget has just been traveling less, (laughs) just spending less money (laughs) on traveling. So we'll see. Well, I've got a few things in the works right now, but nothing, my sort of philosophy about talking about travel is it's not happening until it's booked. So because mine are, I'd say 80% confirmed. Yeah. Actually, that's that's a bold lie. The first one, I do have a trip coming up in September to Queensland where I'm house sitting for a bit. I've got a business class flight round trip, which I'm very excited for. Nice. And then a, a wellness retreat that I booked months ago. So that's all confirmed. There's a second trip in the works that's not confirmed. So in Australia, I'll tell you in Australia. Yeah. So I'll tell you more about that once it's. A hundred percent. When when was the last time actually that you didn't go to Australia or the U.S.? Yeah, you, you bring it's, up a good point. It's been a while. <laughs> no, only because I remember the one of your New Year's resolutions. I think was last year. Was to not like, go to North America. Yeah, you're like I'm going to go to a new country, <laughs> uh, which I realize in Australia it's harder to do. I'm not. I'm not calling you out for it. I'm just no. I'm no, just genuinely fine. no. I'm just genuinely curious. I'm like, what is the last like new country you went to? So, oh God, I'm now you you are putting me on the spot. I don't actually know because it's been a while. I keep having to go to the states for work. Like I yeah. actually, I don't even count this trip because it's work. But I'm going to Texas in October. Yeah. So I am going back to the states again. Yeah, that's a good point. But I was thinking of doing one of the Pacific Islands over Christmas because I'm going to be alone for Christmas. And I really had a lot of people kind of take me under their wing last Christmas because it was my first Christmas alone where I don't want to put that on people again this year to feel responsible for me. So I was like, maybe I'll go to one of the Pacific Islands for Christmas this year. I mean, I I feel like thinking about it. I feel like that's such a good option to do at Christmas time. If people are alone, I would just fuck off somewhere for like two, three weeks and travel. And it's such a good time to do it because I feel like it's actually if say you were to travel or like fly on like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, like it's always so much cheaper than. Yeah, good point. And I'm someone like I love Christmas. I'm obsessed with Christmas. Like I get so much joy from hosting dinners and stuff. Whereas so I think it'll actually hit me really hard. to be alone so I think yeah. that's a good option for me yeah but maybe this is a new way of doing Christmas I mean I used to love Christmas as well and I not so much anymore I just find it really stressful now and mm. expensive and the more the older I get the more I am kind of like mm, I wouldn't mind being away alone <laughs> somewhere maybe I'm just becoming like a bit of a loner <laughs> well, maybe I'll just I'll just plant the seeds now that if you want to go to a Pacific Island for Christmas the invites there which ones are you looking at I don't know we'll reconnect after this I, I'm just that was that was my way of saying I don't know what any of the Pacific Islands are <laughs> so I need you to list them so I'm, but I'm more like which ones are you thinking <laughs> <laughs> okay perfect I'll send you some ideas okay um, um, speaking of booking <clears throat> things, yeah, because this year actually I have booked so many flights, so many hotels, 
mm-hmm. so many things that I've noticed a lot of changes in the industry in terms of how travel is booked now. So that was actually what I thought we could talk about this week. Well, yeah, we've had quite a few learning experiences and how fitting for a podcast that's called All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. <laughs> Granted, maybe not all of it's been abroad, but we thought we'd do like sort of a... a, 2023 catch-up. 2023 catch-up of all the things that we've maybe learned the hard way, or maybe not hard way, but just learned. And things have changed and things to look out for based on our own booking experiences. So yeah, maybe maybe you guys already knew these. Maybe Steph and I are just dumb. Oh, no, this is going to (laughs) be things that have changed. People may or may not have noticed. And there might be things that our listeners have noticed that, you know, we haven't come across yet. So if you guys have learned anything that's you're like, oh, this is different from how I used to do it. Let us know. Things that you've caught that you think are, yeah, we're sharing with the wider traveler. (laughs) What's the word I was looking for? (laughs) Community? That's it, community. Isn't that what this podcast is? Yeah. I almost said economy. And I was like, that's not the word. Oh, I need well, to go. I need to get out. I need to travel <laughs> okay. somewhere. Anyways, all right. Well, why don't you kick it off? Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about, and this is just because it had such a financial implication and I was blown away, is talking about rental cars. Because now mm-hmm. I pretty much need a rental car everywhere I go mm-hmm. or else I feel trapped. Like yeah. I have to have access to my car or a car. So I usually book through Costco Travel if I'm in the U.S. And one little travel hack I've noticed that was completely unintentional how I learned it was you can get up to 30% off your rental cars. If you're on, you know, whatever it is, Enterprise, Hertz, Budget, you're looking up the price of a car and you're like, oh, that's expensive. If you sit there and let the page just time out, don't do other things, Don't like just have the browser open a lot of the websites will eventually pop up and be like, are you still thinking about this? If you are, here's a promo code for like 30% off. Yeah. A lot of websites do this, like not just rental cars, but like shopping sites, like e-com sites. Um, yeah. Because they really want you to buy it. Even uh, it's all that reminds me of like when you got to cancel, say like a subscription service. Oh, uh, I it'll do this be all like, the time with Adobe. Yeah. <laughs> or like if you do it with like, uh, I don't know about Netflix, but. I don't know, streaming services. They're like, are you sure you want to cancel? You're like, yes. And they're like, what if we give you the next six months for half off? And then, yeah. Yeah. I've done this a few times with like different, um, again, not necessarily travel sites, but yeah. Always, yeah, just let it kind of time out. Let them chase you. It's basically them being like, we want your money and we will do anything for it. Yeah, it was such a fluke. I It was probably my pure ADHD where I searched on my computer and then I was you know, doing something on my phone and the pop-up came on my computer. I was like, oh, hello. Like, yeah. Yes, I do want that money. But the thing is, because rental cars you can book and you can cancel at any time up until the travel day. Mm-hmm. So keep checking afterwards because I had booked a rental car 16 days in the U.S., pick up in L.A., drop in L.A. It was $1,300. And I was really happy with that. I was yeah. like, you know what? Per That's less than 100 bucks per day. Good deal. So about two weeks before I got the reminder, you know, here's your confirmation, da, da, da. And I started doing the math and that didn't include tax because the U.S. does that. So it was 1300 U.S. plus tax plus what the insurance was going to be. I did the math. It was going to come to 2800 Australian dollars. And I thought, oh, my God, I should shop around a little bit more and see if there's better deals. Found the exact same car class 
exact same pickup location times, everything for 600 US dollars, including tax. Including tax. Yeah. I saved genuinely once I factored in the exchange and everything over 1800 Australian dollars by searching for the same cars again. Yeah. And I think think that was just such a lesson in never, because you can think, oh, I found a good deal. But yeah. there could be a better one. Well, Keep there could searching. be better ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always kind of do that anyways with, um. I don't know if it's kind of the same with like hotels. So if I go on like hotels.com, booking.com, I'll find whatever hotel is there. But then I always take it, Google the hotel and see what other sites they're booking through or checking with them direct. Because yeah. sometimes the price, not not all the time, sometimes the price is exactly the same. But sometimes yeah. you'll find the same hotel for a bit cheaper on like another booking site so yeah it's a good lesson to keep searching whether it's cars flights i feel like are the only one that you're not really going to find much of a difference with like if you find like british airways flight through skyscanner i mean you should always book direct anyways but that's what i was gonna say i always even pay more to book direct oh i still see so many people in our like canadians in the uk facebook group of people being like, oh, I've booked through my flight through Expedia and now something's changed and I need to cancel something. And I'm like, why? Like, why are you booking through these? A flight. Yeah. You just book direct with the airline people. You're not saving that much money. Anyone that thinks that you're saving that much money through an online booking travel agent, you're not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. But yeah. Shop around. The prices will vary quite a lot. Well, actually, speaking of flights, the one thing I've noticed, too, in the Canadians in Melbourne group is people are constantly... So booking Melbourne to Toronto round trip is insanely expensive. It's often like 3500 to $5,000, depending on the day, the time, what's going on. And people are constantly like, how do I get it cheaper? And I'm like, you break it up. <laughs> you fly Melbourne to Vancouver or Melbourne to LA direct round trip I can usually find that for about twelve to fourteen hundred dollars yeah and then I book a WestJet or kind of like you know a United or Delta one of the American Airlines from like a cheaper one <clears throat> budget from, airlines from there to Toronto yeah and I've saved literally thousands of dollars doing it that way and I don't know why people are constantly like oh I didn't even think of that and I'm like yeah there's something about adding that extra leg onto it where they just jack the price right up Booking. maybe that's the risk because the trade-off is, is when you book those full round trips, if your first leg is delayed, they're responsible for waiting to yeah. make sure you catch your second one or making sure you get there regardless. Whereas if you book them separately, the onus is on you yeah. to well, make sure you have enough time in between. Well, and if it's with two different airlines as well. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe it's that much more money because they're taking on a lot more risk, but... Regardless, well, it probably it depends thousands. the airline, yeah. though. Like if you're booking a full flight with Qantas versus booking part of it with Qantas and the other part, like you said, with like a WestJet, well, WestJet, WestJet is a cheaper airline. Yeah. Like you're going to get like, again, it's just booking a budget airline versus is it a major airline. Oh, no. WestJet's a major airline. But like uh, I, was, <laughs> I have a friend who's a pilot for WestJet. I'm like, he's not going to be happy. No, but WestJet <laughs> is a budget. It is budget. Like we WestJet flies to London. It's considered a budget airline to fly internationally. Yeah. Like you're paying like it's you know, if you're paying for like drinks on the flight or having to pay all these extras for food. Yeah, that's not, that's a budget airline. And that's why it's cheaper. You're not getting all the fancy, you know, amenities that you would with a Qantas or a BA. But if you're willing to 
if you don't need that, if that's not important to you, then go budget. I mean, I flew with WestJet home, I think it was last year. Personally, for a long flight like that, nah, not for me. (laughs) It was, it was Yeah, because you're a direct flight, right? Yeah, WestJet's direct though from London. Yeah, yeah, that's a long flight for budget airline. Yeah, it was, and it was budget. I mean, it was fine. It got me there. But yeah, you got less leg room. You don't get the free drinks. (laughs) You got to pay for your food. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, Get me back on a BA flight. We're from (laughs) Melbourne. I'm thinking in terms of, you know, the 14 hour flight segment is still Qantas, like the premium airline. And then it's like the little leg at the end where it's like, you know what? I'll just be so exhausted anyways. I'll pass out. Yeah, that'll seem like, I mean, even that little leg is still what a few hours, but compared to 14 hours it's nothing yeah Yeah. um but that's constantly my advice to people is to split up the flight segments and people are always like oh i never thought of that i'm like try it the world changes because then Mm. too you're not tied to some maybe shitty where your connection would have been you can go anywhere else yeah just make sure you don't miss the second flight though because then you're out of pocket well, obviously, I would never do like a two. I don't even do three hour layovers when I'm doing it myself. I'm like, you got to account for like delays on the first flight. Oh, I've been watching a lot. Um, Well, on TikTok, it's been coming up. There's this old show that used to air in the UK called Airline. And it okay. aired between 90, how was it? Like 1998 and like 2004 four or something so like it's very like you watch it now and you're like oh this is so like old school anyways and it's it's like it's almost like the one of the first reality shows but they basically filmed at airports in london and they it was like they documented like EasyJet and another airline i can't remember anyways and there's all these people coming up trying to check in this is like back in the day where you had to like check in at the counter um you couldn't do it online and all these people showing up like five minutes late to check in and like the airline staff are just telling them like sorry like it's closed and you're you're gonna be out of pocket anyways it's just funny to watch like all these people try to blame the airline for them being late and this show is now resurfaced and people are obsessed with it (laughs) in the uk i will definitely check that out it's yeah it's quite funny but yeah it just goes back to uh you know you're responsible if uh if you're late so if you're gonna book two flights make sure you've got enough layover time because if you're booking with another airline that airline's not gonna give a shit (laughs) if you've missed your flight with the other one not at all (laughs) yeah and once you get visibility into the back end of how airports work in terms of how much they pay per minute if they're delayed on the tarmac and stuff Mm. you can actually start to understand a bit how they can be so anal about like when the door is closed it's closed yeah stuff well it's like a secure i mean i've learned a lot from this airline show but it's like a security thing as well like they have a final list of passengers by a certain time that they have to like the pilot needs to know i guess i don't know i don't know the specifics but it's up to the you know so in this show you see them calling speaking to the pilot being like can you accept you know one more person and he's like no no i can't yeah it's gone through maybe that's changed now in the digital era but i doubt it just Mm, be on time nope (laughs) yeah don't be late for your flights (laughs) and book enough time in between if you're gonna do the the two booking and then one other big change i've noticed and you touched on this earlier i was like oh we'll talk about this now is hotel websites so what i used to do is i always used to go on and like book a hotel at a great rate similar to exactly what i just said about rental cars and then kind of keep poking around and if i found something better i'd cancel the first one and book the second one where Mm -hmm. now they all, first of all, it'll say 
free cancellation. This shits me no end. It'll say free cancellation. And then when you go to book it, if you want to book the non-refundable room night, it's like 30, 40, depending on how many nights you're staying, dollars cheaper. And if yeah. you want free cancellation, you're paying like 30, 40 dollars more per night for the but flexibility of being able to cancel it feel, and that's not free cancellation to me no but i feel like it's always been that way like i've always no. booked i mean i've booked I've, I've always seen that i don't know if it's different in like like in the uk though i've always seen I that if you have free cancellation that. was always more expensive that was the whole like lure to get people to actually maybe you book. gave it to us because i never had this yeah, it was I, always just I. It was a flat rate that either was free cancellation or not. And for me, especially when you're going international so much, to pay it up front because you can't just book it anymore and hold the room. They take the payment up front as well now. So if yeah. you do cancel it, I'll lose massively on the exchange rate because what they charge me when they take the money out versus what I'll get back in my bank if I cancel it, the exchange I'll still lose a bit of money. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah. I, for the last however many years, I've always just booked Airbnbs. But like the last couple of years now, I've been booking hotels again because fuck Airbnb. <laughs> like, I'm oh, so. I was going to ask you your thoughts about Airbnb now. No, I'm all about hotel life now. Airbnbs are, it has just gotten way more expensive. The whole idea of Airbnb was that you were booking out someone's home or maybe yeah. second home. And it was cheaper than booking a hotel. And now, like, you book Airbnbs, they're so fucking expensive. And then on top mm. of that, you've got cleaning fees. You've got security deposit, which you don't seem to get any of these back. And yeah, I just, I remember the last Airbnb I stayed in. Where was it? I think it was, I don't know, somewhere in Europe. Anyways, it was, it was okay. Like, it, there was nothing wrong with it, but, like... It was expensive. It was just as expensive as a hotel. And I'm like, I'd rather stay in a hotel where I'm going to have like, I don't know, be treated like a guest. Like, I just feel like Airbnb is such a scam now. Yeah. I fell out of Airbnb a while ago for that exact reason. Like, and I found I could find less people's homes and more like hotels were listing on there and just places where I'm like, you guys are actually all listed on hotels.com also. Um, yeah. plus fees, plus fees, plus fees. So. Oh, well, that's it. It's all these extra fees. Whereas like, like I'm a uh, great example is when I, I went last year, um, to my friend's wedding, just somewhere in the UK. I stayed at like a premier inn budget, nice hotel though. They've got like a chain in the UK. They're everywhere. And I spilt red wine all over the sheets, <gasps> all over the bedding. Like it just oh, no. like fell out of my hand, whatever. And it got on the pillow like i'm pretty sure it got down on the mattress like covered i was like Bad, fuck yeah. yeah and i obviously went and told you know the manager whoever was working i was like just so you know like i spilled red wine and they're like oh don't worry about it it's fine and i was actually thinking like when i left they were going to charge me an extra you know 50 bucks or 50 pounds or something for it and i was prepared to i was just like whatever like they didn't and i was like oh and then i remembered i'm like this is a hotel these things happen. They're used to this. They have extra bedding. Things that's yeah. what things happen. Well, they have dry hotel. cleaning too, and they have dry yeah. cleaning. Like to them, that you know, duvet probably costs nothing. Anyways, but I was thinking, I'm like, if this was at an Airbnb, yeah, they would have they charged me for that. They would have been like, and they probably would have charged some extortionate amount, being like, oh, that you know, duvet was you know Egyptian cotton, like. <laughs> 
400 yeah. thread count. And this is exactly why I'm like, you know, and I'm not saying like be an irresponsible dickhead in a hotel, but I'm just saying like accidents obviously happen. And I feel yeah. like in Airbnbs now, I feel like people are nervous to like, you know, make an accidental mess of something, break a glass or a dish. Yeah. To, and then, you know, I've been, we got scammed once on Airbnb a few years ago. We were staying somewhere for, it was there was a festival in Barcelona and we booked an Airbnb Thankfully, with Airbnb, obviously, your money sits with Airbnb first. Like, a, Yeah, like a holding account? Like a holding account, yeah. And then, I don't know, something flagged. Like, I was looking at this place, and I was looking at the hosts, and something just didn't add up. And I'm like, I think this is a scam. Something actually flagged it to me that it was, like, a total scam. And I'm like, fuck, this is not real. So anyways, we got in touch with Airbnb, and they canceled it on our behalf. And they said they'd look into it, and sure enough, it was a scam. But, like, all these things where I'm like, no, you know what? Airbnb has just lost its luster, and I would much rather stay at a hotel now. The whole idea of Airbnb was that it was supposed to feel like home, and it was supposed to feel, you know, you were supposed to feel more relaxed. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just like, no. Well, and what's funny, even for, you know, these trips to Queensland that I have coming up, I actually also looked up hostels because I'm mm-hmm. going to be in Brisbane for a few days. I was like, you know what? I wonder how much a hostel in the city is. Yeah. It was like almost $200 a night. Yeah. Hostels are so expensive now and, as well. And I was like, okay, well, I will find a better hotel or a house yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but the thing I found with hotels now is a lot of them, not all of them. But a lot of them now will actually only do housekeeping every three days. And that's, I I get a bit shitty about that because I'm like, oh, if that's what I wanted, I'd book an Airbnb. But um, I found that typically if I call down and say, listen, I don't need like full housekeeping, but can they, because my thing is I travel a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And when I'm on site from 5 a.m. till 8 p.m., I just want to like come home, have a bath and crawl into a beautiful bed, (laughs) not the disaster of a bed I left in the morning. So I do always call down and say like, I don't need full service. Like I'm happy to use the same towels the whole time, obviously. And when I ask, they'll do it. But if I don't ask, it's like their standard policy not to do the rooms. Every couple days, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, that's why I, I'm the same. I, I don't need new towels. Like I'll always use, especially if yeah. I'm only at a hotel for like four or five days, I'm happy using the same towel. I use the same towel at home for probably like a week. I should probably yep, wash my towels more, but like I don't really give a shit. I mean, you used to share a towel with your ex-boyfriend didn't you (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i mean you only really use a towel once you're clean right yeah i know still it's not like like you're going in the bathroom muddy and wiping down (laughs) well they say that but i was i just heard somewhere recently that actually you should wash your towel every three days or every three uses (sighs) yeah i know actually in the scale of things we should do in life that is at the bottom of my list apparently though they get dirtier than you think even if they are washing on a clean body but anyways oh i also should drink more water and i'm working on that one yeah fair (laughs) um no i'm the same though i i love like especially after a long day of even if like if i'm not traveling for work but like a long day of just sightseeing and walking around a city there's nothing better than coming back to just like a clean room just the bed made up and all that um, yeah and yeah i do the same i'll put the the little thing on the door saying please make up room and i think most hotels now anyways have like they'll say like oh if you don't want new towels or new sheets or well, i'll say new towels it'll say like just hang them here if you do want new towels they say leave them on the floor like they'll have signs yeah. and then they'll yeah. say with the sheets like because it used to be yeah they give you like 
fresh sheets every day, which I do think is a bit much. Unnecessary, yeah. Totally unnecessary. Um, unless you're spilling red wine all over yeah, the freaky. sheets like I did. <laughs> Even then, though, they didn't replace them the next day. Because I was like, I don't deserve new sheets. So I'm like, I'll just sleep oh. with I know. I was going to say, it's funny because another travel podcast that I follow, they did a whole thing I saw on... Um, how they don't want people making up their rooms like they are worried about their stuff being stolen and so they'll leave the thing on the door the whole trip not to come in and I'm the total opposite oh my god come I don't worry about my stuff no I don't either I feel like people are way too paranoid with like cleaners I just don't I don't know I don't think about that stuff and I also think there's nothing in like that I travel with that is worth stealing like even my passport and stuff I don't I never lock stuff in a safe I don't I, it never crosses my mind I, I maybe I'm too trustworthy but like yeah I, I genuinely well, don't think anyone's gonna steal do you remember us when we so you and I we left Banff and we were in Calgary and the hotel called and we're like oh you left something in the room can you call us back and I was like what did I leave oh, yeah and finally it dawned on me I'm like oh my passport because I thought I got the genius idea to clean out my suitcase <laughs> put my passport in the drawer thinking it would be safe there Mm-mm. and I am more likely to lose my passport than anyone will ever steal it yeah. and that was when you were like should we turn around and drive back to Banff and I was like no no they'll just I'll have them courier it to my house in Banff hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Bird. Yeah. Because I was like, it's probably safer that way. Like, it'll be in Brantford waiting for me. I won't have 20 opportunities to lose it between here and there. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever yeah. put belongings, like personal belongings, important belongings in drawers at hotels. Because in the yeah. moment, no. you think you're being smart and you think, oh, I'll be, I'll put this in a safe place in the bedside drawer. Yeah. You, you will forget it. My, I have a friend of mine that she left her wedding ring. Same thing. Like oh, went no. went for a run or something and like left it again in a quote unquote safe place and then forgot it. Realized yeah. after they had left she didn't have it on and then they were like, Oh, we can't find it. And who knows? I don't know, maybe someone 
did steal it then, like one of the cleaners, but I don't know. Also, it's just one of those things I'm like, oh, no, like, just don't. She, she I feel like she there's probably in, in the hotel industry a different mindset between a person's belongings while they're staying there versus after they've left it there and it's like yeah they've left and they're gone there's yeah. probably a different approach but no, totally yeah it's not something I worry about and same I just yeah I guess I have uh, I get I think I feel like I have a really good sixth sense about things like if I yeah. ever had a weird niggling feeling like put it in the safe i will but yeah normally the the only thing i wouldn't leave out is obviously cash because cash yeah yeah yeah. cash is very easy to steal and you can't prove somebody took it unless you saw them but like i but again i'm not walking around most places with a lot of cash i don't even travel with cash i cannot tell you i don't remember the last time I had cash on a trip, um, I tap everything or pay with the physical card if it, I'm in it, some like it really small depends, town though. America where they don't have tap yet. But it depends where you go. Because like even I went to uh, Germany earlier this year for work. And in Berlin, yeah. a lot of places still don't take card. Like you have to pay with cash. Not everywhere. Yeah. Um, but a lot of places like we went for lunch somewhere and we got whatever like standard, you know, kebab at like a, just a normal restaurant and we went to pay and I pulled out my card and all my colleagues I was with, they're like, no, like you need cash here. I'm like, Oh, um, so yeah. didn't have cash on me. So they had to pay for me, obviously paid them back. And then like later on, I went for dinner somewhere that night. Same thing. I was like, fucking hell, like everywhere is cash. And my one colleague was like, yeah, like in Berlin, it's still pretty cash heavy here. So it's, and it's those Weird. places that you'd be surprised. Like in my head, I'm thinking yeah. Berlin, they'll definitely take, card everywhere and my you know german colleagues looked at me like no like it's the opposite because when i went to berlin i didn't take out any cash but i probably was also spending no money because i went there yeah i went there dirt poor (laughs) oh yeah it's i think i did all free activities in berlin now that i think about it probably yeah i mean again it's not it's not everywhere i'm not saying it's everywhere but like there's more places than say in the UK, where most places are cashless here, like you can, you yeah. can walk around with a card. But yeah, going back to like hotel rooms, I would even like, even nowadays, I feel comfortable leaving because again, I when I do travel, I won't take all my. You should always leave a card or debit card back in a hotel room just in case you do lose, say your wallet when you're out, so you have access yeah. to cash somehow. But even credit cards. I'm fine leaving those in a bag, not locked up, because nowadays it's so easy just well, it's to in like. The app. Yeah, it's all on an app now. So like my Monzo, Turn it off. Yeah, yeah, I just freeze it, and you can see. So if somebody did steal it, and I was out, I just get a notification that someone's used my card. I mean, that stuff's so easy to track. People would actually be very dumb. Cleaners would be very dumb to steal someone's Monzo or like a Revolut or whatever these like online digital bank cards, because you can see exactly where it was used. And then you just hit a button, freeze it, and then your credit card, again, if somebody steals it and uses it, well, you, yeah, it's insured, so you can get that money back. Really, you should yeah. travel. If you can, you should always travel using a credit card, not your debit card. Because if your debit card gets compromised and people steal money out of your account, your bank doesn't necessarily have to pay you back for that, whereas a credit card company has insurance. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Well, and speaking about things getting stolen or losing things I'll tell you I had a conversation with someone my friend Hamish a year ago and we were talking about air tags and I said specifically 
I think they're trying to sell me a solution to a problem I've never had. And that's why I wasn't mm. buying them. I was like, I like the idea of them. They sound smart, but I don't lose my luggage. I don't. Well, wouldn't you know, as soon as I said that, my next flight, I um, they lost my luggage. They couldn't yeah. find it. They, they the knew they not... scanned it. They scanned it off the plane. So they knew it was in the airport, but they'd lost it from there. And if I'd had an air tag, I could have told them where it was and walked out of the airport that day with my bag. But it's even funny how you just worded that. You were like, I've never lost my bag. Yeah, it's not you losing it. It's the airline. Of course, nobody has ever lost their bag while traveling. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like having insurance. Like, yeah. you've, you've never broken your neck on holiday. So you, you, I don't need insurance. Well, I've never no. done it. Well, yeah, but you haven't done it until you have done <laughs> yeah. it. So get the air tags because... I, oh, I went and got them right after that. I've got them in both my suitcases, my purse, on my keys. Because you remember I had my bag lost in New York <laughs> a few years ago. And I was thinking like, and that was stupid on me where I didn't even have a tag on it with my name. Nothing. And when I called I remember, looking for it, yeah, they're like, what, we, is your, what does your bag look like? I'm like, it's a black suitcase. They're like, a black suitcase. Is that the only identifier? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what's in your bag? Because we're going to have to go through it. And I'm like, a half eaten bottle of Pringles, salt and vinegar to be exact. And that's that's how they located my bag. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, the air tags though. Because I got them this past year as well. Oh God, do you remember, did I tell you this when I bought the air tag, but actually I'd bought the keychain by accident on Amazon? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I, well, it was back in like December before I was going to Canada for Christmas. And I thought, like, this was a time, like, I think I feel like everyone's bags were getting lost with, like, BA, all the major airlines. Like, they were just a mess still then. And I was like, fuck, I need to get an air tag. I need to get one by tomorrow. And so I ordered it on Amazon. And then it got delivered. And it was actually just the keychain holder. And I was like, oh, oh what? <laughs> and I told my friend, and she was like, how much did you pay? And I was like, it was 12 pounds. And she's like, did you really think you were getting an air tag for 12 pounds? I'm like... I don't know. <laughs> I love those moments where you're like, uh, I yeah. see this now. Yeah. I was like, all right. But so, yeah, I went and bought them. I went to like a physical store somewhere near me and they had them. So I bought the pack of four. So I also put one of my keys because I have lost my keys twice in transit in previous years. Once coming back from Australia years ago and I got my mom picked me up at the airport, dropped me off at my apartment in Toronto and when I got there, yeah. I realized my keys were completely MIA, which oh, is not what you want to get home after being in transit for 30 some hours. Yeah. So we had to drive all the way to my parents' house, which is like an hour and a half away, pick up my spare keys and go back. So that was one time I lost them. And then another time a few years ago, I had them in the front pocket of my suitcase, the same suitcase that got lost in New York a few years ago. Um <laughs> And I remember the airline made me check my bag. It was, I think, EasyJet when they said uh, that, you know, whatever. It was one of those where they're like, oh, there's, you know, like the compartments overheads are all full. You have to check it. You've got a suitcase. I'm like, fine. And then when it came out, the zipper was open. And as soon as I saw it come out with the zipper open, I'm like, I bet you my fucking key. Which was kind of stupid that I put them in the front pocket. But whatever. It was what it was. And I put my hand in. And sure enough, my keys were gone. I went to one of the desks. They called the baggage people that were still on the plane. Luckily, they found them. They were sitting on the bottom of the plane. But, like, I had to wait an extra, like, 
It's like yeah. two hours or something stupid. But same, if there was a key, like, and again, AirTags didn't exist then. Um, but with the AirTag, like, always put a set on your keys. Because I feel like when you're traveling, oh, the other one I, I put it in is um, my passport holder. Because I feel See, like that's smart. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, passport holder, keys, and then obviously luggage, and then like purse. Because now you can buy the air tags in like a pack of four, so you might as well just throw them, you know, in. Yeah, use but them like all. I feel like when you travel, your passport and your keys, especially if you're traveling for like say even like a couple weeks, they kind of mm-hmm. just your passport and keys kind of just get tossed around. In your bag. Yeah, you don't really look at them for a while in between. And then, like, like before you're leaving, you're like, oh, I haven't seen my passport yeah. in a while. And your keys, right? Like, because the keys I always take out of my bag, like, regular, like, purse or bag. Because if I'm walking around again, I'm like, I don't need these. What do I need these for? So I usually toss them in, you know, my suitcase or my backpack somewhere without really a, a thought. And then, yeah, two weeks later, you're like, oh, shit, where did I put those? So, yeah, the air tag And then the passport's the same. Like, if you're not using it, I always try to keep it somewhere safe. But then, as you know, as you're, you know, when you're living out of a bag for yeah. a long period of time. So yeah, the air tags on those, I did the same this year. I put them on everything. Um, Smart. And so you just know it's having that peace of mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even had one recently. I was at Sydney airport. And so I flew in and then I had to greet some arrivals for work who were landing on flights like up to two hours later. So I was in the arrival halls for hours so then by the time I went to go get my luggage hours later, it obviously wasn't on the carousel anymore. It had been collected as unclaimed baggage. Mm-hmm. So I went to the desk and I'm like, oh, yeah, I had to hang out in the arrivals hall for a few hours waiting on other flights. Um, like, I think my bag's back there. And she's like, yeah, what does it look like? I'm like, it's obnoxiously big. It's pink. It's really hard to miss. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we don't. She went back and she's like, we don't have any pink suitcases back there. And I was looking at the air tag on my thing and I could see exactly where it was back in there. And I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure it is. And I showed her and I was like, I'll set off the like, cause you can set it to beep. You hit lost and it'll start alerting yeah. the air tag. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll alert it. And she went back and she's like, oh, we do have it. And I was like, if I didn't have that air tag, I would have yeah. trusted that it wasn't back there and it was lost. And I would have left without my luggage waiting on them to find it. Hmm. So, yeah, it, they've paid for themselves so many times already since I've Oh, totally. Them. It's, again, yeah. just think of it like insurance. Um, this I did episode f- should be sponsored by Apple. <laughs> should be. I saw on, uh, I don't know, it was like a Reddit forum or something, this guy who had lost his bag for like, it was gone for like weeks and it had an air tag on it and it just like ended up in like, he was traveling within the US. I think it was within the US. Or, no, the UK. He was traveling with, within the UK he lived like half an hour from Heathrow Airport and somehow his bags were like had traveled to Spain or Croatia no. and he could track it and was just like updating everybody. And he's like, today my bags are in Croatia. And I was like, how? Like, how are they there? <laughs> I-, I think he eventually got them back, but he was just like, even with air tags, it's like, you might not get your bag back straight away, but at least you know where your bag is. Um, and same, he oh was fighting gosh. with the airline. And they're just like, we're still trying to locate it. He's like, it's in Spain. Like, I can see. <laughs> like, I wonder yeah. if airline stuff now with these air tags, if it's actually causing them more hassle. <laughs> oh, I bet than, they hate it. Because yeah. you, people will stand there and fight with them more because they're like, no, it's here. Find yeah. it. Versus before they could just send you home. And But like when they lost my luggage flying into Toronto, it was a big deal because I had all my contacts in my luggage. Mm-hmm. 
and I had to go to Costco and like I asked for some free samples and they were really mm-hmm. nice and they gave me two weeks worth. Nice. Um, but like it's you spend a whole day running around to get all the stuff that's in your luggage. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, even still with air tags, always travel with a few things on you, like a change of underwear and and contacts that I contacts the way. <laughs> yeah. and a toothbrush and never pack. Yeah. I mean, some people. I used to, I worked with a girl back in the day that for whatever reason she'd packed her laptop in her bag that went missing, and everyone's like, "You're an idiot." I mean, never pack your electronics or anything worth money yeah and the plane even they tell you when you're checking in like when Mm -hmm. about luggage and your insurance also often won't cover electronics if they're in your checked baggage yeah your electronics have to be in your carry-on and that's why when i travel you should see how obnoxious my carry-on is because it's like my laptop all my plugs Mm -hmm. my adapters my podcast equipment like my whole carry-on is electronics yeah. padded with like a pair of underwear in between or yeah. like a pair of pants in between yeah yeah one final one that i have found has made a huge difference in savings for me mm. um just touching quickly on rideshare apps because you know i pretty much exclusively use uber it's just handy um but you know how do you ever get when uber has an obnoxious surge where it's yeah. so much money Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll open one of the alternatives. We don't have Lyft here, but we have like Ola and Didi here. I know yeah. it's different country to country on what the other options are. Yeah. But one thing I've noticed is if I go on Uber and it's like $100 for what should be a $20 Uber, I'll open it up on Ola or Didi. It'll be, you know, 20 to $30. Mm-hmm. But I have to book it immediately. Yeah. That's what we do if in I, London. Everyone Yeah, has... if I pull it up and check and then close it and rerun it again on Ola and Didi, suddenly it'll be matching Uber. It's like a one-shot thing. <laughs> but the only problem with that, because we do that in London as well with Bolt, and usually Bolt is cheaper. But yeah. what they'll do, you book it, because a lot of these drivers, they work for all. Like, they're not exclusive drivers to Uber right. oh, or exclusive yeah, no. to Bolt. But they'll see that they can get it more expensive. So like they end up canceling. Not always, but oh. they sometimes will cancel on you and then you have to rebook anyways and then they'll get the higher price. So oh, it is a bit I'm of a so hack. Lucky. I haven't had that yeah, happen. Yeah, but it doesn't always work because you sometimes might not even be able to find a driver because those same drivers are getting the the um, the passengers on Uber where they're going to get more money. That's if, I mean, again, you might have drivers that are only working for one of those um yeah but but yeah but i mean it's just again comparing prices there's an app in um in the uk called i think it's called cabbie k-a-b-e and basically what it does it's like a comparison for all the ride share yeah so it just gives it pulls up the cheapest one based on where you're going so it'll bring up uber bolts i think we have lyft here lyft it'll look up like minicabs Black taxis as well. I mean, nowadays in London, a black taxi is the same price as an Uber. Like, they're not cheap anymore. Uh, gone gone are the days of being able to, like, get in an Uber for, like, 10 pounds, you know, into oh, central absolutely. London. And yeah. so now, that's why, though, everyone is comparing prices more with all the different companies. Because Uber, it's, it's, I think what I'm saying is, it's that misconception now that Uber is always cheaper. It used to be. No. And I think that's why everyone is always just like, oh, just get an Uber. Always compare prices now. 
for taxis. Yeah, my only thing is why I still am so adamant into rideshares rather than traditional cabs is because a couple times recently I've been at a concert where I was staying was only two kilometers away, mm-hmm. but it's 1130 at night, pitch black, couple drinks in, and the taxis still won't take me because it's not far enough for them. Yeah. Whereas the Ubers of the world will still take me there. Yeah. So for that alone, I get so shitty with the cabs because I'm like, and I, and I know it happens in every big city, but in Melbourne, we've had a number of high profile cases of women being attacked and killed walking home. And I'm like, how can a cab in good conscience refuse to tell you when you've been drinking in the middle of the night to walk the two and a half kilometers? Yeah. Yeah. London's the same. Me. There's black taxi yeah. drivers that won't take you because it's too short of a distance or it's too far outside of like you know central yeah and and also i still prefer an uber or bolt because it's tracked like you know who you're getting in the car with um, exactly you're tracked it's on there something it's versus app. nothing i feel like it's safer i know there's that whole argument people are like oh ubers aren't safe it's like how how is it any safer getting into a taxi where you don't have any idea who's driving that car um yeah well, an Uber has the feature to share your ride, right? So usually yeah. when I get in, I share my ride with someone so they can track where I'm going too. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, oh, again, I guess... price price comparison though. Always check the prices. Going back to um, hotels. What? So this is the one thing I, I should have learned this before. This happened to me twice this year. When, uh, hmm. when you're booking a hotel and say, a, okay, so. I booked Spain earlier this year. I remember I said, like, I went to Spain for a few days. I was going to yeah. go work there. And one of the prerequisites for me was it needed to have a pool. I was going to be in Spain when it's really hot. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I want to chill by the pool when I'm done work, you know, read a book. And I booked this place and I, you know, put in booking.com, ticked off pool. Um, it had all the pictures. The pool looked beautiful. I was like, cool. This looks great. The price was good. I booked it and before, I think it was like two weeks before I was meant to go, the manager or whatever sent me, um, just like they always send you like a little welcome message usually on booking.com. Yeah. Like, oh, you'll be staying with us soon. Here's like information you need to know. I guess it was like an apartment I was staying at. So they gave me the message like, here's where you can collect the keys, blah, blah, blah. Because there's no like concierge there. Anyways, so she sent me as well a map of the apartment complex where everything was. And I noticed, thankfully, I looked at the map. It had the area where the pool is. And it said, pool closed. And I'm like, what? So I messaged a manager and I said, is the pool closed? And she said, yeah, yeah, it's not open yet. Because this was in May. And I guess their quote unquote season starts like end of May, June. And so she's like, Mm. yeah, yeah, the pool's not open. And I was like, well, I'm like, you've advertised a pool. There's a pool in the pictures. And I was like... You know, to be honest, this is a big deal for me. This is why, like, I'm coming somewhere. I, I need a pool. Um, she was fine with it. She was like, that's fine. Because it had gone past the cancellation time. I couldn't cancel. It must have been a week then. Um, I couldn't cancel for, for a full refund. So I said to her, I was like, well, you've only just told me now the pool's closed. Now I can't cancel without getting a full refund. And so she was like, don't worry, I'll, I'll you know, deal with it. And she did. She was nice about it. And she said, it's fine. I'll cancel on my end. You'll get the full money back. But this also happened to me. One of the 
places I stayed in India when I flew in. I was just staying at like a, an airport hotel mm-hmm. for my first couple of nights just to whatever, get over jet lag, all that. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, it'd be nice just to stay somewhere with a nice pool. I mean, it's going to be hot in India. And yeah, sure enough, I got to the hotel and same thing. The pool was closed. They were like renovating it, which I didn't say anything then. I should have. I should have said something to, you know, the manager or something. But I didn't really care because it was like one night and I was going to leave after that. Like that wasn't the be all and end all of my holiday. Whereas the place in Spain. Yeah. I was like, I want to chill by a pool. Um, Yeah. So my advice And I feel like this is a little bit, I feel like it should be more on the hotels as well, that they should be more upfront about that. Um, If you're filtering a pool, but it's one, I looked this up as well to see like, is it legal to advertise a pool when it's not in use? And what I read a lot on was like, you're not paying for amenities at a hotel or an apartment. So like technically they can, I mean, there is a pool. If it's not full, they can still say, well, we said there's a pool. There is a pool. But always check that it is a functioning pool. Like I would say, oh, if that's, if you're going to, because this important happened to me. part of why you're booking it. Yeah. I mean, my friend and I, we, we stayed at an all-inclusive like years ago. I think I mentioned this before in, I think, yeah, same, Spain. And we got there and same thing. The pool wasn't full. And I'm like, what the mm. fuck? And so they filled it up that day. But again, it was kind of the start of their summer season. And so this is sometimes why, though, you can book these places for cheaper because the pool or some big amenity that they have advertised isn't in use, but they won't necessarily say it's not. And it is, it feels almost a bit scammy where they are getting people in, but the, this manager, she said to me like, oh, well, this is why the price is cheaper because the pool isn't open yet. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't say that in when you advertise yeah. it and you have How pictures. How would a tourist know that? I get so riled up when people say things like yeah. that though. Cause I'm like, would I reasonably be expected to know that? That no. the pool is empty. Like when I book, yeah, exactly. It's one of those where you think, Oh, that won't happen. It's happened to me three times now, <laughs> like in the last that however ha- many years. That happened to me when I was just in New Mexico. I stayed in Grants, New Mexico, which honestly mm. is a town of nothing. It's just like multiple hotel chains. It's like a stop on a really long drive. Yeah. And I did book the most expensive hotel, which was the Holiday Inn. Wow. <laughs> um. Because they did. They had like a gym, a pool. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to stay here. I'm going to reorganize all my luggage. I'll get up early. I'll work out. And this is what shits me. Because you know, I'll talk about getting up early to work out and not do it. Mm -hmm. And I got up at 5 a.m., which is when it said the gym was open. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go for a workout. Got Literally got up, went went to the gym. And there was a sign on it that said, closed until further notice. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, the one time I actually do this. Yeah. And then so I'm like, all right, I'll just go for a swim. Went and changed into my bathing suit, walked to the pool, closed until further notice. Yeah. And I was so shitty because I was like, I'm wide awake at 530 a.m. What am I going to do? So I did actually complain about that because I said, you know, I paid twice the cost of what I could have paid at any of the other hotels. Yeah. For this. Yeah. And they actually gave me 5,000 IHG points because they're IHG um, chain hotel. Yeah. So they credited 5,000 points to my IHG account, which I actually thought was good because then that's actually a significant chunk towards booking another room. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to complain about these things. But like, yeah, I mean, if like if that's going to be detrimental to your holiday, because some people are booking places just to stay 
at an apartment or a hotel just like that is their their holiday it's right like the they, purpose of the trip the purpose yeah. of the trip is to sit by a pool and maybe a workout in the morning like you're just having a bit of a you know uh a me holiday <laughs> um but yeah i i would just say like any amenities but i think a pool is a big one but if there's an, an amenity that you desperately need just send the manager or whoever a message first and get them to confirm that it is working you can use it while you're there because again yeah. it's like the price like what i was reading online again i don't know what laws are like in different places when it comes to booking hotels and all that but everything i read it was like you're paying for a room you're not paying for amenities they're just extras so yeah well and that's why a lot of places charge the resort fees right that is yeah. for all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah and i would think because some places like you mentioned it wasn't pool season yet yeah some places I find there's a lot of hotels that I think in an effort to save costs are just closing the pools down for months mm-hmm. and then be like and then running them during peak season but yeah, closing them during off season and saving money which is fine but then update the booking sites to say that well yeah and that's what I think again if you're doing these like sort of cheap all-inclusives in Spain or Greece or whatever, like a lot of Brits do. If you go usually in like May, you can start getting some of the deals in like end of April, early May. Those are the ones definitely check that their pool is open because they might not be open yet because it's still off season. But like when my friends and I went years ago, it was like the first day they had opened for the summer season. And that's why they're like, oh, the pool's not full up yet. We're like, well... Can you fill it up? Like, and they did. They filled it up that day. But we basically had one day without a pool. And it was an all-inclusive. I'm like, what do you do at an all-inclusive? The whole idea is just to sit around at a pool and drink. So yeah, just check. Because I'm going to do that moving forward. Because I just couldn't believe that it happened to me twice this year. And like the one in India, like I looked. And they were literally, like they had dug up the entire pool. They were like renovating the whole thing. And I'm like, eh, that was a bit shit. But also I'm like, fine. It's an airport hotel. I'm staying here like. It was like two nights. So yeah. I went to the spa instead. Thank God the spa was open. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So I think some g- a good little check-in for our lessons learned traveling yeah. this year. Guys, we might be well-traveled, but we're still learning along the way as well. Yeah. The industry, I mean, the industry is continuously changing. So yeah. And it's trying to save money. I feel like they are trying to cut costs here and there. And this is where you got to be. I think it just extra savvy well let us know if there's anything you've learned this year good tips and tricks on your travels we always like to hear yeah we want to hear from you guys and with that we will see you next time see ya all the shit i've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel you can listen to us on multiple platforms from itunes to google play music and more and with that please if you have a chance give us a five-star review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on that drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.